Hello and welcome to One Other Thing, the official podcast of Virtua Physician Partners. I'm your host, Dan Master. We're going to discuss one of the most important aspects of the continuum of care in this episode, which are avoidable emergency room visits. We'll give you facts and figures, but most importantly, first-hand testimony from your leaders and peers. So let's get into it. Let's set the table and lay something out right up front. Of course, many emergency room visits can't be avoided. That's just true. But the fact is that a sizable portion of emergency room visits are, in fact, avoidable. And when care given during an avoidable ED visit interferes with the care that a patient presenting for a truly unavoidable reason needs, we have a problematic situation in terms of resource allocation for the health system. But how much of an issue are unavoidable ED visits really? According to the CDC, just 9% of ED visits resulted in a hospital admission in 2015. Now, that's not to say that 91% of ED visits were avoidable, but it does raise questions about the nature of ED utilization and whether prevention tactics or other care settings would have been more appropriate. Also, according to the CDC, roughly 18% of visits to the ED for patients between the age of 18 to 44 in 2016 presented for a reason that was truly unavoidable. We've included those reasons in the show notes. So with that, let's get into the conversations. So you're about to hear four voices on this episode. The first voice is my voice. And then you'll hear from Dr. Dennis Guest, Dr. Andy Cohen, and Dr. Parag Patel. Dennis is Virtua's Medical Director for Emergency Medicine. Andy is VPP's Medical Director. And Parag is a primary care physician who is a part of the VPP network. So Andy, can you define the avoidable ED measure and the initiatives that VPP has behind it? I can take a stab at it. I think uh, if you asked 10 different people what an avoidable ED visit is, you'd probably get 10 different answers. There is one formal definition that we use. It's a, a, a New York University algorithm. But the point of an avoidable ED is that we're not talking about somebody who's got atypical chest pain or who's got a fracture or who's got uh, the worst headache they've ever had. What we're really focused on is patients who are coming to the emergency room because they don't know what to do because of their bladder infection, or they rolled their ankle, and they can walk on it, but they just feel like they need an x-ray. That's really what we're, we're trying to tackle here. So, you know, our target for reducing avoidable EDs, it's never to, to get the number to zero. It's just to start to bend the needle so that we can start to provide care for patients in the right care setting. You know, VPP is interested in this one initiative because we feel that if we can execute out on this strategy, it's really a great marker of clinical integration because you're pooling numerous people together. You're pooling Dr. Guest and members of the emergency room with primary care, specialty care, members of operations, all with the idea of improving access, lowering cost, and really changing consumer behavior. You know, we we want them to seek care at the emergency room when they need to go. But I don't think that our patients, our customers, really know why and when to go. So I think we need to do a better job of that. And why is this one measure so important to Virtua? Yeah, you know, to Virtua specifically, Dan... The Aetna Whole Health contract that we have is essentially the contract for our own employees. 
And when our own employees utilize the emergency room unnecessarily, virtuous cost goes up. And so if you look at the virtuous star, right on there is resource stewardship. Having our patients utilize the emergency room appropriately is in support of this STAR initiative. So Dennis, thanks so much for coming today. I do have a question for you. You know, when these patients who don't need to come to the emergency room come to the emergency room, I would imagine it's it's good for your business. But can you talk a little bit about why it's important for you to keep these patients out of the emergency room? So it really has to do with throughput. I think we're doing a better job as a system with all the urgent care centers and the primary care facilities that are located throughout our region right now. But there's still room for improvement. So we're trying to get the sicker patients into the ED treatment areas as soon as possible. So our door-to-doc time should be less than 10 minutes. So when you have a lot of patients who are coming in with either chronic complaints or non-acute complaints, such as I've had abdominal pain for three weeks and I came in to get my CAT scan today, where I rolled my ankle playing soccer over the weekend, and it's Tuesday morning now. It's still pretty sore. I think I want to get an X-ray. Well, they're taking up valuable spaces for the patients who come in with chest pain, headaches, acute abdominal pain, and they are basically delaying the, the, the initial assessment and treatment for those patients. Andy, I'm interested in your perspective as to what the primary care doctors and the specialists can do or if there's any initiatives out there that can help them keep their patients out of the emergency room if they deem it to be inappropriate. Yeah, so in 2019, VPP is really focused on this initiative. There's an advanced clinical measure uh, focused on improving the avoidable ED rate. Uh, in order to do this, we, we've done a, a thorough literature review, and it turns out there's this one particular program that was started in Detroit and has come east and was adopted by other more regional organizations such as Robert Wood Johnson. There's four sub-initiatives within this greater initiative, and it, it's really focused on the following. So there's a written access to care policy that all offices should adopt. And essentially what this is is just putting in writing what we already do. So here are our hours of operations. Here's what we're going to do if a patient calls and they need clinical care. Here's what we're going to do if they're unable to reach us. And then everybody in the practice signs off on that. There's focusing on the after-hours telephone messaging. All of us have something to the effect of you've reached your doctor's office. If this is a medical emergency, hang up the phone and call 911. That's perfectly appropriate, but it probably doesn't need to be the first thing that patients hear. You know, something to the effect of you've reached your doctor after hours. If you have a clinical question or concern, hang on and an operator will be with you, followed by at the very end if this is a true medical emergency. We're focused on including some degree of after-hours communication in our new patient materials. So most practices have a new patient packet, but Does it really tell your patients what your expectation is for where to go when the office is closed? Something to the effect of, if this is a minor medical concern, please call the office the next day. If you're not sure if this is minor or major, call the office. An operator can triage you or else go to urgent care. And obviously, if severe, please go to the emergency room. And then last, really what we're asking all of our primary care docs, clinicians, 
uh, and specialists as well, is to really buy into the whole concept of conversation starters. So before the patient leaves the office, you know, at the end of every visit, just remind the patient that they can call you if they're not sure where to go for their health care, that your office, somebody's available. And we really want our patients to, to use us to allow clinicians to guide them in their care thought process rather than having them panic and using the ED unnecessarily. So we're asking our practices to, to, to do these four sub-initiatives, and our target is 90%. We believe that if we can get 90% of our practices to hit this measure, we're well on our way for 2019 and in the years to come. I would just add that I think the key to that program would be your frontline people. Yeah. I mean, my 30 years of experience plus in emergency departments, it's usually the the answer that we get, you know, did you talk to your doctor about coming to the emergency room? Well, I called the office and they told me to go to the ER. That's usually the sort of the knee-jerk reaction that a lot of the practices have had over the course of many years. So that, I think, would be key to the success of a program such as one you just described. I think it would be great. Yeah, I agree, Dennis. We, as physicians, look at a program and we think of it as a physician-centric program. This absolutely is not a physician-centric program. You know, we know that our patients, or we like to think that our patients, will listen to their clinician. But this really is the entire care team and getting the whole care team to swim along the same channels. And if we're doing that, we can absolutely bend this cost curve. I agree. To underscore what we just heard, we're trying to have the quickest possible door-to-doc dime as we can. It's obviously better for truly sick patients, and it's better for our operational efficiency as an organization. But what strategies can you use in the office to reduce avoidable ED visits? Let's find out. Prague and I sat down to discuss just that. So Prague, I was wondering, does your office have policies in place around the avoidable ED measure? And uh, do you have a story that you want to share with us that demonstrates the importance of it? Sure. We recently put a policy in place in terms of triaging phone calls in an effort to decrease avoidable ED visits. The front desk staff now will answer the phone call, and they're discouraged from making a call on that on that uh, patient's medical condition. They're now required to talk to the physician on call or physician in the office and run it by them before they decide what to tell the patient. So in an effort to do that, they, they we are trying to decrease the amount of avoidable ED visits where patients can be seen in the office rather than be seen in the ED. For example, we had a patient a few weeks ago who called in with chest pain. Normally, the front desk staff, and prior to our policy being put in place, would have told the patient, you should go to the emergency room or call 911. In this case, the patient uh, case was brought to the physician on, on, st- on call that day, and it was advised to have the patient come in based on the primary care physician knowing the patient and reading, um, reading the symptoms, was told to come in that day. The patient came in. It turned out to be a, a gastrointestinal complaint, which was easily um, handled in the office. This patient could have been gone to the ER, sat there for four hours, and, and you know paid a large copay. However, he was be able to be seen in the office, and things were taken care of. And have you received feedback from, from patients like this, uh, saying how... They, they felt about not needing to go to the ED when they initially thought that that was their, their best course of action? Yeah, since we uh, instituted the policy and gotten patients in on a timely manner, uh, patients have been very thankful once they're seen in the office. Um, comments like, thank you for getting us in, thank you for squeezing us in. Those are the kind of comments we receive. People 
thankfully they didn't waste their time in the ED and were, were treated properly and, and feeling more comfortable. So one area of focus for the health system generally, as well as Virtua uh, specifically, is addressing uh, frequent flyers to the emergency room. I'm just wondering, does your office have any best practices in place that you want to share to our listeners? Sure. We recently started a program along with VPP on where to go when initiative, where we try to educate the patients on when to use certain uh, facilities, when to use the ED. We have recently hired a care coordinator, Angie, who uh, calls the patients based on ED reports we get from Virtua, calls the patients, informs them on, tries to figure out why they went to the ER, what they could have done differently, and informs them and tries to educate them on how they can call the office first and uh, probably handle the problem in the office rather than frequenting the ER. Another strategy we use for frequent flyers is uh, we try to bring them in the office a little bit more often, try to see them more often um, on a regular basis to kind of ease their conscience, ease their concerns, um, and hopefully avoid them from going to the ED when they know they've been seeing us regularly. Just as a quick conclusion for you guys, Dennis and Andy underscored what impact avoidable ED visits have on the emergency departments here at Virtua. In short, it increases the door-to-doc time, which has consequences on the ability of clinicians to give the right care at the right time. Then we heard Andy discuss what strategies VPP implemented at a clinically integrated network level that will be crucial in reducing avoidable ED visits. Then we heard the other end of the same coin, with Parag discussing innovative strategies that he and his practice implemented that resulted in a tangible potential ED visit avoided. Before we can sign off, we just have to say that the content of this podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute medical advice. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of a physician or other qualified health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition. The views and opinions expressed in this podcast are those of the authors and guests and do not necessarily reflect the official policy or position of Virtua Physician Partners. VPP is here to support you in your efforts to make sure your patients always know where to go when. So let us know what you thought of the conversations in this episode or if you'd like more information regarding anything we discussed. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll be back soon to discuss one other thing.